my music, forget the day, and dream of a girl I used to know. I close my eyes and she slipped Welcome to Looking Into the Unknown. This is Lee Allen, a.k.a. Crazy Legs. And this is Patrick DeHart, a.k.a. Scooter. And this is Jim Wilson, a.k.a. Magic Hands. And this is Patty Allen, a.k.a. Jersey P. How's it going? And uh, the new co-host of Looking Into the Unknown, drum roll. <laughs> it's me, Deb Lance, or better known as Paramount. All right, Paramount she is with us. Uh, this is uh, going to be the new uh, team crew for Looking Into the Unknown. And uh, tonight's guest is Neil Parks. Yeah, God help us. He'll be calling in about 7.30. Um, it is already, wow, January 17th, 2013. And we're moving through this month very quickly. Um, I hope everybody has had a great week. Um, we have um, some real quick news. You know, first of all, Deb, she joined uh, Looking Into the Unknown here. That's awesome. Yes, I'm very, very, very delighted to be with you guys. Feels like uh, old times. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's like old times, and it, this is an, this is going to be awesome. Um, we are booked all the way up till May, the second week of May. So that is awesome. So I like to be way ahead, uh, Patty, and uh, has been busting butt. Uh, speaking of Jersey P. Jersey P has uh, took a uh, a new role for Phoenix Rising under Brandon Kreitzer. She's now a client slash agent. Woohoo! Congratulations! Yay. She's um, looking forward to that. Uh, she's one of those go getters that um, will push the uh, agency to uh, get into expos, get in with expos, and uh, yes, yeah, she's going to be doing good. Got any words on that? Well, I was just going to point out that although I have zero to any experience with that, like you say, I will bust my ass, and um, 
you know, I mean, it's for the good of everyone. We kind of have a sort of a small crew in Phoenix Rising, and um, everybody has varied talents, which I think will make my job easier. And um, along with that, hello, Jenny, because Jenny is doing the same thing yes, as me. Yes, Jenny Gurney. Jenny's good old house. Jenny. Yeah, she's, I, I told her the other night, you know, I was like, you rock, dude. You will make a great agent for all she's done for us, and she wasn't even an agent then, you know. And Patty, same to you. Um, the way you get the lineup for our show, how many people you get to come on is just, it's insane. Um, and, and no problem. You know, I, I can go out there and try to talk to 100 people and maybe get one. Patty could go out there and get all 100 of those people to come on our show. It's my mind powers, Scooter. It's just, <laughs> I don't have the looks, you know, that's what it is. I just don't have the looks. I think it's her jersey. Your Jersey attitude, man. No one should ever say no to Patty. I'm just saying. You're you're right, Deb. I I think she'll go Jersey on them, and uh, <laughs> they know they know what they're messing with when when she right. contacts them. They know what they're getting into. So I think the phrase is, "Oh no, you didn't." <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very it's true. either that or you talking to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait a minute! Whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. Or get and one more. Oh, this ain't happening. That's right. That's <laughs> my will thing. be on the show. I think Paravisions is going to come up with a shirt, and this is going to uh, push Jim Wilson out there. Um, I try to uh, pinpoint what? their talents, and uh, Jim's is, um, you know that church? This ain't happening. <laughs> That's going to be one of Jim's. Uh, thanks, because when he doesn't want anything or want to yeah, do it, he I goes, tell him to go to happening. that church. This ain't happening. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you can that's pray. hilarious. That's great. I need to trademark that. And you know, um, another agency that we're with, um, Aspire Communications, uh, the newest on our poll, is, uh, and um, I've been talking to Travis Short about you know, Scooter. Patrick, um, he's scared to do this, but because he don't want to step on someone's feet, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna put him out in a different angle and a talent, and that's gonna be his his magic tricks because this guy is very good. Um, so Scooter will be doing this year at conventions some magic. I think he'll show you his pink shirt, and he won't show you his pink shirt. Absolutely. I think what stuff. he needs to do when he comes in to do the magic is come in on a scooter. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. And a pink t-shirt. Me, me. Hello there. Uh, hey, Lee, so. real fast. I'd like to uh, uh, welcome Nicole from Immortal Talents in the in the. Very in nice. The chat welcome, room. Nicole. Welcome, Nicole. We appreciate Thank you, you call, coming appreciate in. It. That is another agency that we have. And uh, I'm glad that they're in the uh, chat room listening to us. And uh, this is just a great night because tonight, I'm going to be honest, I am sitting here drinking an alcoholic beverage because we are celebrating a lot what's going on already in 2013. And um, one more thing is uh, Paravisions is part of the past family uh, with Brandon Kreitzer. Uh, Deb's son, Nick Lance, Redemption Paranormal is part of that as well. And um, it's my honor that I, you know, I was honored this past Sunday to get the phone call from Brandon Kreitzer that um, I'm his right-hand man now for past family. So there is a lot going on for all of us here at the Paravisions crew, and we're very excited. And, you know, now Deb is – she's always been family because 
when I first met her, she always said, think great things are coming to you and your team. <laughs> and that's uh, true. And then last year, she said, 2013 is your year. Well, we're just, what, two weeks into January? And look at all the really cool stuff that's coming already. Um, this, is, this is truly just the beginning, really. And that's all I'm going to say. Just the beginning. Um, this you, is just the beginning. So you hear that, people? This is amazing. I'm, you know, I'm just blown away. Like, wow. I mean, we started our first guest appearance for this year was on a really cool show called The Stew, and uh, it was an honor to be on that show. And I was like, wow, we're on this show? No. Paravisions? No. No. Well, you you have to start. You have to start thinking in a way and. Just- assuming that everyone is going to want to talk to you and everyone's going to want to see you on TV and going to come to you guys as experts. You yeah, have to and change your way of thinking because it's going to happen. And that's what um, Travis Short uh, had mentioned. He goes, you guys, you know, with all your experience, you're, you know, you're not, a, you're not perfect, but you're an expert in what you're doing. You're learning as you're going and you're helping people. And you're putting on a good, you know, you got a good f- a face front. Um, you're nice, kind, and people want that. That's what draws people in. And we're showing a good example of that. And, um, you know, I don't know what I would do. You know, I, if I was standing at a podium and I'm getting an award, the first person I would think is God. Because without God, you know, we wouldn't be here. Um, and, uh, you know, and like one of my slogans is always to uh, live today as the best day of your life. Uh, make it the best. Act like it's the first day of your life and rock it. Get everything you or, can out of that 24 hours. Or as you put on Facebook, I think this week or last week, live life like a fat kid in a buffet. There you go. <laughs> I do too. I love that. And that's so true. Which which buffet are we talking about, or it don't matter? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it don't matter. No. <laughs> I just came up with one of those. What did you come up with, Jersey P? Live life like Scooter at Gold Star. Whoa! Yeah, oh, yeah because let's speak with this guy. Uh, Jenny Gurney. I want to give a shout-out to Jenny Gurney myself. She's in the chat room. Now she's an agent. Um, and she just joined Phoenix Rising, so we're very... Excited to have her part of the family. But she started a Facebook thing uh, on there about getting Scooter a date. Okay. Um, I didn't know Scooter was that desperate. I'm sorry, but Chris Davis started that. Oh, I'm sorry. But I, you see, you guys, I'm not that desperate. And when I found that out, I was, uh, how can I put this? Shocked. Um, and all. And all. Right. And then soon I started getting likes on there, and I was like, yeah. people Whoa. do not like this page. <laughs> do not. I will come to your house Liar. and hunt you down. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> Got some comments. No, pretty much he was, like, excited like a kid in a candy store, and Mom says, hey, you can get whatever you want. <laughs> and he said, Mom, I'll have everything on the top shelf. That's right. <laughs> and. Right now, stop it. So, again, my my apologies. Chris Davis uh, started that page uh, when we were on his show, him and Jenny's. Um, So, yeah, it's a good day. Um, 
Absolutely. Now, there's something else that I want to throw out real quick that um, I was going to try to play a commercial for Brian Hensley. Uh, used to formerly be on uh, Crossover Paranormal. He's now doing Advocare. It's an energy shot or a drink. It's a um, There's a spark or a slam, and the spark is the drink, and the slam is the energy drink. And if you're interested in this, uh, go to daddyhens at yahoo.com because um, I can't play his commercial until I get it fixed. So um, just want to throw that out there. Um, he's went different directions, and um, I wish him the best. D A D D Y H E N Z at yahoo.com uh, to try out this. It's like a 10 day cleansing cycle drink. So it's like for, especially for paranormal investigators, it's out all night. Um, it's not just going to wear you down fast. It's actually going to help. Deb, uh, what's your opinion on um, taking in products to keep you awake on investigations? Because I know some psychics have said, you know, it's not good. You're not cleansing your body properly before you do an investigation. Um, what's, your, what's your thoughts on this? Well, you know, I know everyone what people ingest in their bodies. But for me personally, anytime I have a day packed readings or if I go into an investigation, I try to consume as little chemicals as possible. Um, because it does interfere for me at least with my ability because it's like trying to drive drunk, you know, it's the same principle. Oh, you want to be sharp, you want to be focused. Now, that does mean I won't swim my Starbucks away to an investigation if I can be up all night. You, you have to wait the pros and cons. Like, I can't stay up all night with a little help, but I try at the very least just to minimize the amount of and prepackaged food. I try to eat like salads and fruit Fresh. right before reading. Just, you know, keep me my physical body clean as well as my spiritual body. So when the information comes to me, it's not going through all kinds of and, and getting stuck in a way. That, that, that's the best way to describe it. Yes, uh, I, I totally agree with that. Um, you know, from an investigator's point of view, um, you, you want to be alert because you don't want to miss... Um, what's right. going on during Absolutely. the investigation? So, to me personally, uh, you know, I mean, you're going to do what works for you. I'm going to do what works for me right. to keep right. me alert. Because either what's way, going we're on. still going to review the evidence. It's right. not going to be on our hype and whatever else. You know, we're still going to uh, hear our evidence. We're going to see our evidence, and that's what we can all be judged by. I think it's got to go with the individual investigator. Exactly. Right. Exactly. What I said for me personally. Oh yeah. Try to minimize it. That doesn't mean everyone has to do that. Um, and, you know, honestly, uh, I don't know any investigative team who can stay up till three or four with, without consuming some kind of, uh, you know, energy drink or coffee. It's really impossible. So. It is. Um, you, now, I do know that for us, you know, if we're getting, like, constant, steady activity on an investigation, and it's really good activity – that is an adrenaline rush, and I will right. be awake. In um, fact, there's been a couple times we've done investigations where I went home, and I swear to you, I stayed awake till 10 o'clock. I went ahead and reviewed the all about was what was happening the night before. Right. right. That's perfectly understandable. I mean, you know, you get geek, your adrenaline's flowing, you want to see what you got. 
perfect sense. Of course, now after I've been out all night, I'll be asleep the next twenty-four hours. Solid, but you know, that's how I am. Well, you you know, I've investigated with Deb uh, a couple years, and she she puts her heart and soul into every investigation that she does, and uh, I'm sure that drains you know her. It's and- really drained. It's really, it's just you know, kind of a day of readings back to back, like conventions. Literally that night, I'll I'll just stare at a wall for hours, or or just I don't want any stimulation. I want the TV on, stereo, anything. I just want quiet so I can just recharge. And and I I have slept after one convention. I was a three day convention. Things all day, three days in a row. I literally came home at nine o'clock at night, woke up at two p.m. the next day as no lie. So it is really, really draining. So, you're, you're right. It can be really tired. But I do love investigations. And, um, I, but, you know, it, it also, for me, is depends on who I'm with. If I'm with a team who I really connect with, we're all in the same mindset, it's awesome. Like, when we invest with Paravision, we're all in the same mindset. We have the same goals. We're there to find It's not about us. And I have investigated with other groups who are not it's not as cool as speak, and that's really draining, you know, because they're trying to uh, play nice at the same time trying to help the spirits. Right. Now, Deb, I know you've been on investigations with us when either the client or somebody in that area will hook us up with some good grub. Um, that <laughs> Now, there now there's two, two things about this that I always talk about. It's a good thing because – Number one, you fill your belly up, and you're not going to hear those growls you get for EVPs. But num- number two, at the same time, that can wear you and drain you and bring you down on your investigation and make you tired, depending on what right. you're eating. If these foods are high in carbs, you're guaranteed to bottom out towards the right. end of the night. Yeah, don't give, right. Don't give me right. sweet stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah, Lee, Lee said, uh, don't give him sweet stuff. Yeah. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Big turkey. turkey. Turkey will drop you. <laughs> that's okay. that's, that's a, true. I'll just sprinkle sugar on it. I, think it's, I mean, I think it's nice to think of us, you know. I mean, if we're going to be there for eight hours, seven hours, ten hours, that's a long stretch. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's really courteous of them to do that. It is courteous, and I always appreciate it when a client does that um, because I like to eat, number one. And number two, <laughs> I like to eat. I, right, you know it does. If 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 it's something good that will give you energy, yeah, and then you're going to last throughout the night. Um, I I'm thinking I'm not going to say the name of this place, but there is a theater that we've been to numerous times, and I know yeah. that th- there is no goods on that thing. It's all sweets, and they're really good. Right. And I remember that used to kind of bring me down towards the end of the night because I mean these what was oh it God. was cake and it was, it was brownies all the time and. Cake, you know, chocolate, Snickers, and yeah, Snickers, I mean, and I think there was more um, Snickers. But that was good. <laughs> you can't go down when you're with me in an investigation. And Deb is an example; she'll tell you because I keep her laughing when when I feel like we're yeah. falling downhill. I've been on investigation with Lee Allen. This is no lie. Um, came up here to do an investigation near my home, and it was. Very, very intense investigation. Yeah. And it was really crazy. And it, I wish we had it. Was, it was amazing. 
But because it was so intense and so serious, and the clients were there and they were frightened, um, we went in a room and Lee just started doing this imitation, this rant. And I'm not gonna. I came in to do it. I would not do it because it's really not politically correct. But <laughs> it was so hilarious. I peed my pants, and we were all just losing it. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right, Lee? I think he's in the studio. Yes, I do. I remember those moments. <laughs> and we'd like to welcome Trevor. Trevor's here tonight. Yes. Trevor, hello. Hello to all you lovely people. Hello, lady. Hello, Trevor. And the next day, Nick was listening to his recorder. My son, Nick, who was on this investigation, and we're listening to it out loud. Like, he didn't have his headsets on. We're singing, gosh, listening to it. My husband walks in. He goes, what are you guys listening to? Some kind of commentator? Because we, we were laughing, so I was like, no, it was from the investigation last night. <laughs> but, there was, but there was something really cool that happened at that investigation when Nick was upstairs with me in the attic. Yeah. Um, yes. We were walking down the steps, and uh, it's like an old barn, and there's like four-by-four four posts. And sitting on top of that was like this old, um, I don't know, this little round metal tin can. It was a cookie tin, yeah. like a twenty cookie tin. And it came flying off, and it he missed it missed Nick's head, and it landed right in between me and Nick on the ground. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa. That's, that's the first last time I, I believe it thrown at him on an investigation. Although we've had, we've had like little pebbles tossed at us, yeah. but nothing of that size. That was phenomenal. God, I wish we had a camera on that. You know, that would have been amazing. Well, we did have a camera, and Nick will be my witness, but it was on the side. It was down right. in my it, hand. It was shooting behind me on the floor. <laughs> but on on audio, you can hear us go, oh, shit. Right, right. And then right. Nick goes, well, that couldn't have been you. And I'm like, No. How can I reach over you, you seven-foot giant, to grab that and pull it forward? You know, he's gotten taller. You know, yeah, he's still know. growing. He's huge. <laughs> yeah, baby boy. Well, let's take a break. Uh, we'll be right back. Uh, Neil Parks will be calling in. and uh, So stay tuned and sit back and enjoy the tunes.
Talk to the chat. All right. Well, welcome back to Looking Into the Unknown. Uh, we've got Neil Parks that has given us a call in. We're going to try and do a simulcast. Whoa. That was a big word. Scooter, that was a big word. Was Let me say it again. Word. We're about to simulcast. And who do we have on the radio right now? we got to take a guess. Is it going to be Deb or Neil? You have me. I got Neil. Neil's online. Deb, can you hear us? No, not yet. Not yet? Not yet. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> well, Neil, how is everything going? We're going to work with this till we can get Deb back online. Oh, everything's terrific. I've had a great solid day. Uh, I go through the 2012, 2013 on the right foot. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's all breaking up again there at the end. Um, you, you're, you're sounding a little garbled on our end also, just a little bit. You were saying something about the 13th? Uh, 2013 is uh, starting off really well. I mean. 2013 is starting off well. Well, it is for our team also. Uh, we've got a lot in the works, a lot's going on. Working with some agents, agencies, and whatever, and everything's going good for us. Where are you calling from, just to let our listeners know? Chillicothe, Ohio. Ohio's first capital. It was the capital twice. <laughs> Chillicothe, oh. well, you're only about, what is it, 100, 150 miles from us, I think, located yeah. like north of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Well, good. And you're still trying to escape them together. Well, Neil, what would you like to talk about? You know, we can talk about anything on here. You got anything coming up? Well, you got a book? You got a book that's coming out? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. Are we holding? Okay, Neil, hold on one second. Oh, you lost Deb. And she's back. All right, here we go. Hey, Deb, are you back with us? Oh, my gosh. I know. Lee dropped you. <laughs> Neil, are you still there? Neil? Neil, are you there? I'm still here. And Deb's here? Yeah. The Very gang's nice. all here. We're here. was <laughs> doing a little auto-tune here. She went, yeah, she's, she's probably doing it with her fingers. <laughs> she talked with her hands in her mouth. Yeah. She's got all kinds of like little uh, microphones in those fingers. <laughs> well, Neil, um, you as you've heard that uh, Deb is now a co-host on Looking Into the Unknown, and we're very honored to have her. That's awesome. She's a great lady. Fine looking. Yeah, and, and we were just talking about an investigation that uh, is family members of yours. Uh, yeah, my, my uh, sister in Terry. Yeah, yeah, we were mm -hmm. just talking. We were just sharing a little bit about that. Um, and some fun stuff that we did there and serious stuff. Um, so, yeah. Um, for everybody in the chat room, this is Neil Parks. Give it up for Neil. He is a great friend. Deb, when did we meet Neil? Um, wasn't it oh, Ohio it was at, at Ohio? It was at Ohio Paracon in yeah. Dayton. In Dayton, Ohio. And, God, uh, that's been years ago. Yeah. August 2010. 2010. And how? 2013, and we're still here. Still. Woo! And I was um, a young, vibrant 36-year-old at that time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're uh, you're my age. No, don't Jersey P. Don't even. <laughs> you're scouts. Oh no. Well, what I was going to point out was if Neil was 36 in 2010, that puts him roughly my age. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not talk about age. There's no need for that. Yes, thank you, Deb. Let's not. <laughs> Let's don't hear the age thing. So, Neil. Yeah. 
what what do you have going on for 2013? I know the books. I mean, you're, you're you know, for us uh, writing our first book, and uh, Deb, do you did you ever mention about you writing a book? Um, I don't know if I ever mentioned it to Neo, but yeah, I'm working on the last chapter. It is the most difficult chapter, but my book is getting published uh, within six weeks, so I'm looking well, forward true. to it. So, Neil, I had a question as we are writing a book and Deb's in her final phase. We want to write our second book, so we've already started talking about the second book. Now, is that how it goes for you? Like when you're writing a book, you're like, oh, this will be great for my next book. Exactly. Sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I, I purposely sleep with either my uh, iPhone next to me or just a regular pen and pad. <laughs> and then I'll come and I'll have to them down because if I forget them, then I really drag myself crazy trying to remember the story under this subplot. That's uh, my problem, Neil. I'll be driving. This is Scooter, by the way. Dr- uh, what? What? Hold on. Sorry. What's going on? What's going on? Uh, I just want to be a part of this conversation, so I had to grab the other microphone. Why do so, you want to be a well, part of this conversation? Because I love to be with you, Scooter. You always love to be the with pictures, me. The pictures we took last night are phenomenal. Price, oh, no, priceless. No, priceless. <laughs> Jim, you don't want me to bring you in this either. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, but go ahead. Okay, well, what I was going to tell you is my problem is is like these ideas for the book we're writing now will come to me when I'm driving in my car, and therefore I don't have a pen and pad. My brain doesn't have a really good memory, and by the time I get to the destination I'm going to, I hop Gold out of my Star car. Gold Star Chili. Gold Star Chili, all these great places that I eat at. Um, my brain just goes haywire, and I can't remember, and then you know, later on I'm going, Gosh, why can't that come up in my head? Why can't it pop up when I'm at home or someplace where I can run and grab a pen and paper? You know, and I'm like Neil. You know, if I can write it down or put it in my notepad on my phone, because I always go back. When I used to write it on the paper, I used to, oh, man, it was so bad. You didn't even, you couldn't even read it. But, you know, I'm not a big reader, and Patty... She knows this. The team knows this. That um, if I'm going to write a book, I got to read books. So I am reading one now, Stan Romanex. And uh, thanks to Scooter. Yep. And I've got a lot of books that I want to read. Um, He's already read Neil Parks. I have read Neil Haunted Parks. Holidays and no the uh, the one that he gave me back in uh, Ohio Paracon. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. It's some, there's somewhere in my shelf. Nice. See, I just don't buy them to make me look pr- very educated. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, so do you suggest, back to what I was talking about earlier, do you suggest maybe when this happens to me when I'm driving my car, I should contact uh, Jersey P on my cell and say, Jersey P, I need you to write this down for me. I'm driving right now, but I Hold have a good there, idea, son. and I want to put it out there. Hold up there, son. I am not your secretary. Oh, You do no. not contact Jersey P. That's right. No, you're no, my no, agent. No, no, no. <laughs> I know you don't leave home without your voice recorder, so you bust that bad boy out and talk to it. Oh, wait. Is it full? Oh! Oh! oh. oh. You, see, you see how they treat me on this show? God, I'm a nice guy, and this is how I get treated. You're, you're a favorite toy. 
A toy. Deb, a toy. You're a plaything, okay? A plaything. Jim, come on, man. I need some backup in here. Hey, Colty. You see, get it, get it, get it. Listen, you're eye candy. You're eye candy for parents. Eye candy. You know, that is a compliment, but uh, I'm far from it. And you know what? We have a car that parks out where I work. It's a red Corvette, and the license plate says eye candy. I will get a picture for you. (laughs) (laughs) Neil, do you have that problem being called eye candy? Every day of my life. (laughs) Does it inspire you to write a book? I'm actually working on one about being the Ryan Gosling in the paranormal field. I'm working on that right now. (laughs) Wow. Wow. My wife, if you've ever seen her, watch the show Big Bang Theory. The Big Bang Theory, yes. Bazinga! It's a lot like, it's a lot, I'm the kind of person you basically Sheldon and Leonard into one guy and get social skills like myself. (laughs) And my my wife is like hotter than than the girl who plays Penny, so we see it together. Like, there's no way they're together. It has to be her stupid, retarded brother. Yeah. And then they see that we have offspring, you know, a son and a daughter, and they're like, how did you conquer it and do produce it with you? And I'm like, well, you know, at least we've obviously been together twice, you can see, so. Well, yeah. I, you know, Neil, this is Lee. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, you know, he looks like Leonard, and that looks like Penny, and I wonder what he did to get her in the, in the van, and I'm thinking it was probably candy and money. <laughs> some of those uh, chocolate coins chocolate coins she was picking them up saying god some idiot <laughs> <laughs> and here's Neil walking down the street drop she's still coming giggity giggity <laughs> that's illogical captain that's all I know her <laughs> I'm joking. No, we went to college theater class. Okay. But the unfortunate thing was she thought I was gay, so that didn't work in my favor at first. But um, I, frankly enough, the guy she was dating, I broke the two of them up. Um, he ended up turning gay many years down the road. So it's like, well, I guess that worked out for both of us. <laughs> oh. Hey, Neil. Tom, of course. Yes. Uh, are you a big Star Trek fan? I take it. <laughs> Completely, yes. And, and I love Star Wars. I um, actually love Star Wars more than Star Trek, but uh, Star Trek's always been a, and that and Doctor Who have always been a major part of um, wow. my vision, yes. Jersey P. Jersey P. So, you and Jersey P. can contact, make, con- how am I going to put this? Hold on. You two have something in common here, and I'm not trying to hook you up. You're both married. What I'm trying to say is uh, she's a big Doctor Who fan. Are you now? Is it old Doctor Who or is it the new Doctor Who? Oh wait, you better watch that. The past fifty years of Doctor Who, I followed it all my entire life. I wouldn't okay. say I'm a big Doctor Who but fan, like but I like it. I haven't seen much, but I only started watching when it was the guy before David Tennant, who oh, David Tennant was my I, favorite. What? The guy with the really short hair. Yeah. 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 Deb, how how about you? You Doctor Who fan? Deb? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, whatever. She's sleeping on us over here. What kind of co-host? This is our new co-host. I can't hear Neil very well, so I I missed that. Yeah, it's breaking up for us, too. 
Um, we have to do some auto-tuning. If Neil sings us a tune, maybe we can get the show going here. The frequency <laughs> will right. connect Let's us all. Do we sing? What's the frequency? Kind of from R.E. Yes. Oh. What a what a great song, Neil. Oh, it was. Yeah. The song was about Dan Rather, right? Yeah. What? Say that again. The song was about Dan Rather. What? Yeah. No way. Apparently, uh, there was some sort of. Uh, uh, com- something going on in the community uh, during the LA riots, and then happened to be in the area near a mental or mental institution, like a mental home, and all these crazies were out with the gangs and the, the locals in LA just trying everything. And Dan Rather's just talking to people on the street that were looting, and just one kept smacking him in the head and saying, "What's the frequency?" Kind of over and over again. And the dude's name is Kenneth, of course, is Dan Rather, but. He kept hitting him and saying, what's the frequency, Kenneth? And for some reason, that stuck with Michael Stock from R.E.M. So he decided to write a song called, What's the Frequency, Kenneth? Which really has nothing to do with the incident because it's an adventure down in the song. Wow, this guy is just full of knowledge. Last time we had him on the show, he was like this. Neil, are you a Jeopardy fan? Absolutely. <laughs> we have more in common. So oh, I know oh this is getting sick. Um... Only a Jeopardy fan would know these inane facts. I'm sorry. Anyways, I was just going to say, like, you, you have to watch some of those weird game shows that have these random facts in your head. <laughs> now, Deb, I'm semi I'm just saying. Oh, where to go, Deb? Listen. My wife when... and I were on our honeymoon, and uh, we went on a cruise to Jamaica and Cayman Islands two years ago. Each time we went to these things, we always went to the little... Game shows where they invited the couple and play, and it was a show tune show. And the show took the next amount of seconds. And then TV shows, old, new, and uh, really old shows. And if they play like the first note or the first two notes of the song, I know it immediately. Oh, wow. oh, oh, oh. Like for me, man, but I'm not autistic, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's called Name That Tune. Name That Tune. Jim's right. See, and it's not dorky that you guys know that, but it's dorky that I like Jeopardy. That's for smart people. Hey. Well, wait, 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 it's not just for wait, smart wait, people. Wait, it's it's also for cats. Really my sister, show. wait a minute, my sister's cat likes Jeopardy. It's the only time it watches TV is when Jeopardy comes on. So you got something in common with the cats. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. No offense to you, Neil. I'm trying to go off on Jersey <laughs> oh, P over here, not oh, our guest. She is writing something down that oh, cannot be Oh no. Oh, no. I'm in trouble. Be, I'm about to get ready. kicked out of the studio. And I think hey, it is. Peter, think, look around where you are right now. Uh-oh. Whose home are you in? <laughs> well, I'm the guy on the couch. I'm usually here. At least, you can find me here at least three or five days a week. <laughs> and if not here, where? Where? Um, if not inside the house, then where? Outside the house stealing internet. <laughs> you remember, you remember, Scooter, you remember what you just said, that she, she's got something in common with cats? Uh-oh. This is just to you, buddy. This is not for the air. This isn't oh, for the air. <laughs> but I'll pass it to my uh, the microphone to Scooter, and he'll share in, a, in, a, in another way. Oh, my God. This sounds like it's going to a dirty place. <laughs> uh, Neil, let's let's just break the ice here, buddy. Hey, let's, uh, let's get straight to it. I want to talk about your new book. It just came out uh, a couple months ago, if I'm correct. Uh, Haunted ho- Holidays. 
Yes. Can you tell our viewers a little bit about that? What was that? Did you guys hear that? Did you hear that? Did did anybody hear that? I heard it. I heard something. Whose house was that at? Uh, It it sounded like a pop. To us, it sounded like something screeching, like, ah! Yeah, anyways, that's nothing new around this place. (laughs) (laughs) But my book is about events, miracles, abnormal phenomena, and paranormal abnormalities that take place between Halloween to New Year's Eve. So it's three stories revolving around each holiday. So I've got three stories for Halloween, three stories for Thanksgiving, three stories for Christmas, and three for New Year's Eve. Sounds and that it revolves sounds around. It revolves around projection. There's one story pertaining to that. One story pertaining to an angelic encounter that alters this space and time continuum. There's an encounter, a person involving ghosts, uh, alien visitations, things of that sort. I managed to tie all in because yeah, those are the things I investigate. Not just ghosts, of course. I investigate uh, UFO phenomena. Presentations, abductions, cryptos, crypto, cryptozoology. Now, Neil, that speaking of crypto, you live over in Chillicothe, and that is one of the biggest known areas for you know Sasquatch. Um, mm-hmm. What's your intake on that? I think he's hanging around here anymore. If he's coming through the area just for purposes of migration alone, okay. And more and more, the Ohio Valley is actually out east. Ohio, getting more grassman sightings than our Sasquatch. True. Uh, well, um, to be the Lone Ranger, the grassman travels in packs of three or more. And they travel with the family. Yeah, there there seems to be a lot more of the um, spottings of Sasquatch in the Adams County Shawnee Forest area um, yes. in the past few years. Actually, uh, before we started do, uh, the show tonight, I was watching the. A little series on the um, History Channel about Sasquatch, and um, it's pr- it's pretty interesting that you know hearing some of the stories from um, Americans that when they go to these uh, countries that um, the tribes will you know escort the ladies out of the reservation until they get into their vehicles um, because um, females. Uh, you know, human beings, they love them. And they say that uh, they actually have had intercourse with a human being, female, but the actual baby does not live longer than three months because it cannot adapt. Yeah. Wow. I've heard cases of that. Uh, one, in fact, was a story similar that related to me from a um, missionary with the Catholic Church. Uh, they were saying they had an a situation near Congo of what's referred to in China has this. They call it the Skokie. Now, now that reservation that um, I can't remember the name of the reservation, but they are saying that the Sasquatch is n- nothing other than some of the guys that's in the tribe that gets kicked out, and they within two or three <laughs> years after um, they you know they they change. Um, they'll put um, tree moss on them to keep them warm. They'll grow that you know their hair grows down. Uh, they become uh, physical fit. Um, you know they they scare away males, human beings. Um, but if there's a female, 
they want to, you know, they want to take her and make her the missus. And because yeah. there was a, there was a lady, there was a lady. <laughs> there was a lady actually doing some photography in uh, Virginia, and uh, she was out there by herself uh, snapping some shots in this forest. And she said that she was behind a tree, and she could hear it coming closer to her. And she actually on this show, they actually had the uh, clippings from her camera. She had a video camera set up as well. And you can hear it. They replayed it. And it got closer and closer. Like she said, it felt like it was pushing her out of the woods to her car. But what it was doing, it was just getting closer. Now, if it really wanted her, I'm sure it would have grabbed her. Um, but that, that, yeah, I wished I would have remembered the name of the show. It was on the History Channel today. Okay, so you're telling me that the Bigfoots, actually there is a case where a Bigfoot has had intercourse with a human being. Yeah. Now, was that rape or was that willingly? I, I this is, hey, hold up. This isn't a Jerry Springer show. No, I'm just being, I'm being serious. Oh, okay. I'm not really sure. You know, that was, that is really, something. According to the current political play in our country, how do you define rape anymore? True. That is true, Neil. How do you define that? Yeah. Jersey P, what do you think? Jersey P, what do you think? Say that again, please. I was trying to find your book. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about what Scooter was just saying? Is it rape or is it willing? Because Neil said these days, how do you define rape? I think that's a touchy subject, and um, I'd rather not discuss it myself. But you guys go right ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's an area I'm not going to go in either. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it is true because... Very smart ladies. <laughs> Very smart ladies. Right on. <laughs> right on. But, you know, um, what's the main guy that is in the crypto uh, professor? Um, he was on this show today. And um, just amazing. Because, you know, I don't know when it was, how many years ago, because I didn't really get that, but I was looking at the photos that they had of the uh, Sasquatch female. Did you see that? I've seen those photos. Yeah, that is amazing. And they're trying to do tests on whether or not that is actually full Sasquatch or if that is part human being and Sasquatch, which would be crazy. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's just a. There's so many people out there that, you know, study the crypto that. I just learn as we go, you know. I, I'd really like to experience something like that. Uh, I have dozens of theories pertaining to what on earth they could be or if they're connected to us genetically at all. Right. Literally right uh, all. <laughs> they say that they're um, – some of the opinions said today that they are um, one of our old relatives, you know, of human being. Um, but then they say that, the, no, they're modern. Um, which puts perspective of the tribe kicking the guys out of the tribe and living like, you know, a, a crazy man. So who knows? But they say that, you know, I th they go into places in the dark corners that we never go. Really? I mean, in our backyards? I mean, because there's sightings everywhere anymore of those backyards, parks. Um, Jim's friend uh, 
told us one about Wilmington, Ohio, um, where, you know, him and his dad, they said that um, they were down there fishing and it didn't sound like the trees were breaking around them, around the, the water, looked up and they were in the trees. And they say, you know, he, his opinion is you should look up in trees because he has actually seen two sightings of them in the trees. Huh. So, I would be afraid to make contact with one of the trees if, if I were close enough. Yeah, I wouldn't know what to do. I mean, I mean, like, what would you do? I mean, because that's the thing. Everybody wants to video document um, mm-hmm. a Sasquatch or Bigfoot, whatever you want to call it. Um, but what would you do if you got close to it? Well, well, I have heard instances of if you should get close, number one, you don't smile. You don't show your teeth because supposedly this shows aggression. So simply like looking oh, down, okay. look away, walk away is probably the best instance. You know, they're they're beating or they're uh, hitting the trees or they're throwing the rocks at you to let you know you're getting too close. It's how I feel. So, uh, you know, yeah. our own little instance that we had a while ago with rocks being thrown at us, we turned around and walked the other way. We don't need to. Uh, we don't need to get engaged. We're here for something else. Well, that's that correct. just turned out being something else that we could have investigated. Now, Neil, you live close to another crypto creature, which is really well known anymore, and that's the Mothman. That is right. I'm considered by many to be the expert on all things Mothman, but I get credit of that title too. When um, other than Jeff Walsey, but even he would say that I my own weight in that category. So. Yes, I'm very well aware of Mothman and spend a week or two telling you everything about it. Wow. I mean, have you have you gone? So I take it you've probably been to the Mothman Festival every year then. I've been a guest speaker several times there. Yeah. So we, uh, we had the honor of going down there with one of our friends. Um, we went down there and we got to go to the TNT bunkers and mm-hmm. investigate around that area and look around and then you know, me speaking for the whole group, I know, you know we all had a great time. Um, of course, yeah, we didn't capture anything at all, but, I mean, we had a great time while we were there. And I, I hear about reports to this day still going on about the Mothman, uh, about sightings in other states. Um, and over by that TNT area where we, where we were at, I've heard about screams, these, these, uh, these weird hawk-like screams being heard in that area. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, among other bizarre sightings to the day that truckers or uh, state highway patrol or sheriff's deputies or hunters have encountered, along with which there was a truck who swore that he almost hit a cigar. He was crossing the road. Oh, wow. Could you say that one more time? You're breaking up a little bit. Well, what was I heard something about a trucker. Had- there was a truck driver who claimed that he almost hit a centaur. It was out in the middle of the centaur. road late okay. at night. And that's a lot of creatures. So I have to have a horse. What, what, it, what is a centaur? Is it half man, human being, and what else? Horse. It has a horse. horse? Oh, it's got the horse body and the man uh, chest up. Yeah, he said that he was driving down the road. He was lost, and it crossed right out in front of him, and he stopped in time before actually hitting it. And it steered straight up at it through his window and continued crossing on the other side of the road and had lost sword in his hand. So wow. I'm wondering maybe there's some sort of a, a parallel 
um, dimension wormhole there and, and that facility that is allowing these strange things to occur and to move in and out of our reality. Wow. That's not too far off. Has that area been identified? Has he come out with it? Um, has it been investigated? Books on it? Anything to that nature, Neil? I'm one of the only people who knows about that other than Jeff Longley and you and your listeners. Um, I've written about it, and it's yet to be released. It's a, wow. a, chronological, uh, or a chronicle, basically, of events that have been going on post mothman People seeing UFOs being sighted near the nuclear um, facility that's in Gallipolis across the river from Point Pleasant. Gallipolis, Ohio. Wow. So there's a, you know what? Told about UFOs down UFOs there, too. Down there I mean, yeah. We were at the museum, and of course, you know, the men in black were in there, and you wouldn't Absolutely. put them on without the other, so that's pretty interesting. Where yeah, we I had... They don't wear fedoras, and they don't carry the memory eraser sticks, either. And they don't normally wear black. You, s- you said they normally wear black, or they normally don't? They normally don't dress in suits like that, no. Okay. Well, that was our uh, um, depiction of it. Yeah, exactly. yeah, they normally take the sky and then... Wow. Yeah, I understand that um, there was a lot of reports coming in during that time where people were hearing an actual, what sounded like a radio playing or like some kind of a frequency uh, that they could not explain. And it was wherever they walked, went to for a while, they thought they were losing their minds. And it was all around the same time, the Mothman, the UFO sightings, all this was going on. These reports were coming in. I think we were um, at that point being watched by someone or something at that point in time. Like Star Trek Insurrection, if you've ever seen that movie. Okay, being, he was talking about being what You said, you just said something about being watched. We were being watched at that time. And and people were, it's not everyone, but certain people were able to hone in on that pitch. That tone was being omitted by what advice was cloaked, enabling the others, whoever they may be, to watch and observe because they knew of a cataclysmic event that was about to occur. They were basically studying the human condition. Okay. Um, you know, we, wow. we as a group, we did have – I'm sorry. I lied to you. I said we did not have an experience at the TNT bunker. We did have one thing that was kind of strange that did happen to us, yeah, and Jim will, can tell you this. Go ahead and tell him, Jim. Oh, well, with us. For the bunkers, when we were going back, taking the walk. You, Neil, have you taken a walk back towards the bunkers? Many times, yes. Okay. We were walking back there, the four of us, along with uh, Jody Cook, and uh, when we would stop, we would hear rustling or something around the back area behind the bunker, which was heavily uh, covered in foliage along with the tree line and whatever. But we also thought that we could hear radio traffic or like the squelching of a radio. So we would walk to the next bunker and it sounded like this radio um, whatever was also still going off behind these bunkers. Literally, we felt like we were being followed parallel. We were in front. They would be behind. No idea for what, for why, what reason that this occurred. But it seemed to take place all three bunkers we went I think because at that time we were told not to go to the fourth one. Yes. We turned around and came back. But we did do a little test factor. We all shuffled our feet like we were walking, and we stopped immediately. And we could hear radio traffic, and I think they knew that we caught them. 
but we never did see them. Yeah, because they did go away. They did go away. And it's like um, that's basically what you do, you know, in, uh, when you're hunting um, in the military is when you move is when walnuts and all that, the wind blows. And we decided to do that back there. And sure enough, you could hear the radios. Like Jim said, you could hear uh, f their feet moving. And it quit. It's like, okay, they picked up on us, so now what are we going to do? So it was, inter it was an interesting trip. Um, so, but I want to share something with you guys that I've been thinking about all day because it happened to me last night. Um, Jersey P was actually like, wow, you asked me was I okay this morning or middle of the night you asked me if I was okay because I was hot. I couldn't, I was getting hot, I was getting cold. Yeah, I remember asking you what time it was. Yeah, and it was like 4 something in the morning. I think you said 4.30, and I yeah. said, oh, good, I have another hour. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's, here's what happened. Um, I had this dream that I woke up, and I was getting woke up by, like, if somebody was taking the brightest flashlight and putting it in your eyes when you're asleep, and you could see it. And it's bringing you to that light. And I woke up, and we have two uh, windows. We're up in the. Uh, we got a two-story home, and in our bedroom, we got two windows. And that window that was closest to my side of the bed was open, and I walked through the window like I was on a sidewalk. Okay. <laughs> now here's the crazy part: the the thing, and I'm going to call it a creature. That was holding my hand. I was holding my hand up, and they were holding their hand like a palm. And I could feel the texture of the skin, and it felt like 80-grit sandpaper. Wow. And I remember a real glittery, like, long, because all I could see is the arm. And I could see, like, a robe, like a, a glittery, it was glittery, just black and glitter. Um, and I woke up in a sweat. And that's all I remember. And I do not know what that is. I don't know if Stan Romanek is responsible for this. Um, that's good. I hope we see him at Phenomenology because I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. But uh, it was the weirdest dream. It felt like it was real, like reality. You know, it was like, wow. Not, you know, just it blew me away. And it is crazy when you get those dreams and how real they are to like I told you the dream that I had. I could not wait to wake myself up from it. And well, I think that's when it becomes scary. You know what? In this dream, I didn't want to wake up because I guess just being an investigator. Intrigued. Yeah. You wanted I wanted to, see to more. know more. Well, dude, when you go back to bed tonight, continue that dream. I may not be here. I may be that's abducted a, that's tomorrow. That's a true investigator right there. Ooh. That is a true investigator. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean... Actually, it's freaky, but, you know, I don't know, too. I, I didn't read it last night. It was the night before, but I'm reading Stan Romanek's first book. And I just got into, you know, The Beautiful Lady. And if you guys have read his book about being abducted when he was younger, um, I recommend to read that. And that's as far as I got in it, so I really didn't go in detail. And it wasn't on my mind last night. Um, because we were just having photo shoot down here and I was laying there just cracking up to myself about some of the pictures we took. So none of that was on my mind. 
So I got to keep a tab because if it happens again, it goes back to Neil saying, hey, I wake up, I write this stuff down because it's going to be in my book. So well, we've said 10,000 times, we just need to put a good camera in your room. <laughs> Catch one of you walking or something. Yeah. <laughs> so you Neil, need a good dream interpreter, too. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> Keep it PG. <laughs> Neil, uh, so oh, tell us a little yeah. bit more about Haunted Holidays. When it, um, where can we get this at? Well, at first, it's available only digital download. Now it's made available in paperback. My publisher is synergybooks.com. That's S Y N E R G E books.com. And. Just go to authors or newest releases, and you can find Haunted Holidays right there. I designed the cover myself, which has artistic freedom that I do. And being a graphics artist and a professional artist for many years, I had the opportunity and, and uh, doing that. Didn't have to pan artists to do nearly um, elsewhere recording. So that's available for direct order, or you can go to as easily as Amazon. Uh, you can go to Barnes & Noble to be able to them. The Barnes & Noble actually carries my paperbacks in their store now, which is awesome. Oh, you go awesome. during Christmas time, you're shopping, and you can go to Barnes & Noble, just looking through. Oh, look, here's the, uh, the paranormal aisle. Here's the area where you have all of the books on spirituality. And boom, there's the book. And then, you know, of course, I took a picture of myself holding it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, now, tell us a little bit. There, you told us a story the last time you were on the show, and I think this is the coolest story, story in the world. If I was an author, I'd love to have this happen to me. Well, I, I will be an author. I'm not yet, buddy. <laughs> you know what I'm talking right. about? The story right. you told us? Getting in line at Barnes Noble and a customer of this to purchase one of their those things called not Kindle Fire, but the other one is the Nook. They purchased a Nook, and they were having difficulty downloading a copy of Paranormal Chronicles, first of all. And they were walking through the steps with the person that was on the other side of the counter, and I was standing there because I'm three people back in the whole conversation. And I'm kind of chuckling to myself. And the woman behind the counter is looking at me and making eye contact and smiling because she thought that, you know, I found humor in the whole thing. But the reality was I found humor after they were discussing my book and that they were having difficulty getting it to open up other than just PDF file. So she's explaining to her how to do it. And she's going through a sample reading saying, you know, here's the front cover here. The back cover. This is how she looks at the back cover again and sees my face. I look up and see she's saying, she's like, oh my God. Here's the author, right so she kind of held me in front of everyone, and I felt like Nicholas Sparks for five minutes. <laughs> that is so awesome, man. I wish that would have happened to me. Oh, hey, yeah, I can tell you a lot about this book right here. Uh, I wrote <laughs> Now, Patrick, you were recognized when we were at an event. Don't you remember? Oh. <gasps> sitting around the fire at yes. the end of Illusion, and we kept hearing, Scooter, Scooter. Uh, yeah. It was a little frightening. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that was scary because, you know, I didn't think there was anybody out there that listened to us, and uh, we actually had somebody who recognized my face and said, Scooter, and it was just out of the blue, and I was just freaked out about it. Yeah. 
It really touched you me. You know what they said? Where's your hat, gerbil boy? Oh, look at jokes here. Oh, look at, listen to Deb. Yeah. Listen to our new co-host laughing right away. Yeah. <laughs> I love seeing Scooter in the gerbil hat. I love giving that to you, Scooter. I know, that and thank you, Deb. Boy. He should be wearing Thank you very much. It made me laugh watching you put that little gerbil hat on your head. I said I got to squeeze your cheeks and think you're so adorable. Hey, Deb, do you have anything you would like to ask Neil? Because I know we've been taking up a lot of his time. Um, I, I would, but I don't think I can make him because he's really cutting out so bad for me. I have no idea what you guys just laughed at whatever Neil said. Oh, I don't either. So, I just use my psychic <laughs> capabilities and uh, just, feed just in there. Go ahead and, <laughs> just go ahead and ask. I just, we'll just, yeah, just, just want to wish Neil uh, all the best of luck with his book. He's a phenomenal writer. Yes, and he's had he has several books out. And uh, what I was going to ask Neil was, is you know, since he has so many of these books out, did this book, do you, do you notice after you put out so many, like you start, it's, everything starts going faster for you as in the writing process? Absolutely. Once you release your first book and you go into ease at the possibility of a second book and you, you will be filled with ideas and everything around you becomes inspiration. By the second book, everything goes downhill and you just can't stop writing. You can't stop coming up with ideas. And the more people talk to you, the more people see you. Like I go to, I'm always at book signings do uh, lectures at schools, churches, and libraries regularly, maybe once a month, uh, more so during Halloween season, of course. And because of that, so many people come and say, you know, I lived with my grandma for a while. This happened in her house. Or I was with my uncle and we were out hunting and we saw such and such. Then you can take something as simple as a 30-second retelling and turn it into a short story. True. Because you just add to it. I mean, yeah, you... I, I totally agree that, you know, I, I've figured out that if I get on the computer and use WordPad or uh, Microsoft Word, that my fingers are typing better than I am writing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Patty's like, wow. You know, and I just go more detailed when I'm writing on the computer than I do writing it on a piece of paper. Um, so, yeah, I mean... I, we love asking questions to people that's writing books because, you know, we're right in that stage of getting this first one out there and we're excited. And, uh, you know, it's an honor to have you because Neil's been in the paranormal, guys, since now I'm going to remember this 1986. Well, that's was, right. He was 11 years old when he got in the field. See, Neil, I know my true friends, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, something as simple as starting out with reading early works and listening to those records that you play, boom, and then you turn the page, or those big records do retellings and reenactments of old Edgar Allan Poe stories, H.P. Lovecraft, anything that's uh, the old movie genre, the old Dracula, Einstein, Werewolf, Mummy, that, that stuff sucked me in primarily and really got me into the whole genre of horror, thriller, and paranormal. Wow. Ladies, ladies, ladies out there who are listening to our show right now, uh, of course, y'all know we are talking with the fabulous, wonderful Neil Parks, a married man. But Neil did say for right now, if you do buy his book, Haunted Holidays, he will take a picture of himself naked holding the book and promoting it. Just wanted to put that in there. Is it really? Wait, wait, wait. 
Will the book be covering anything? Yes. Private parts. You got to keep. You always got to keep it a mystery. What do do How do I do that? How do I do that? (laughs) That's true. No, I can't see Neil doing that. Neil, the picture we used for the banner. What were you doing? I want to ask. Yeah, I want to know what were you doing in that picture? Those glasses. It was, uh, those are actually magnifying glasses that belong to my um, wife's bed grandmother. And she used to wear them so she could see the television better. So oh. I put those on just as a joke and ended up getting my picture taken, and I thought it looked like a pretty cool picture. So I kept it and I use it as a profile sometimes. It is an awesome and picture. You know what? I was just going to ask you. I, I help uh, put those banners together. I did go to your website to see if there was any other picture I could use, and I said, you know what? Jersey P sent me this picture. There must be a reason. I saw Mothman below. I added it to the banner. You have to, uh, you know, you just got to, that's nil. That's, you know, I, I know. I know. I almost started throwing some of the Star Wars material up there, too. You should have. We should have put him, like, in space. Well, now that we are going to make <laughs> I will do that again. Yeah, we should We should have him, like, uh, like floating out there in space. Yeah. And a Mothman flying by I, him. Wait a minute. I wouldn't doubt that that's one of his cover photos already. If, okay. Well, if it isn't, he's doing it right now. <laughs> I think he's working on so it. You just gave me an idea for the new <laughs> back cover. Yeah. All right. As long as ParaVisions can help out, we were there. Giggity, and- giggity. <laughs> hey, Neil, to ask you of, of the cryptid and the haunted and the UFOs, what is one of the uh, favorites? What is one of your favorites you either like to investigate and or like to write about? Um, one of the most memorable encounters I've had that I actually wrote about in my first book uh, was Peoples, Ohio, 2003. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember him talking about that. That's the one where my vehicle, I decided not to start up for and when I'm so... Um, paralyzed with fear based on what I had just encountered. Uh, there were no cars, no trucks, no people walking around. I parked in the parking lot of the uh, mound, city, mound area, which this farm would feel is directly across the road from the Serpent Mounds. And that seems to be a parallel with every crop formation that pops up in Ohio. They pop up directly beside a crop formation. A Serpent Mounds or a mound city or some sort of earthwork uh, pertaining to ancient uh, structures. So I parked my car there. I get out and I start taking some video footage and my video camera just decides to die. And then I take my camera phone and start taking a few snapshots there and I can't get it to focus in on anything. It's all blurry. It starts breaking up. And then before you know it, I go from a full charge on my cell phone to uh, half a battery life. And as I'm walking into the field uh, to get a closer look at the crop formation and study the soil and look at the crop, I hear this voice pop up from behind me say, sir, you're, you're going to need to come out of that field and back in your vehicle now. And, and I turn and look, and it's this gentleman dressed in a um, state, highway, state highway patrolman or a sheriff's deputy um, uniform. He has the badge. He does not have a name tag. He does not have a gun, and he doesn't seem to be an official uniform, and there's no cop car anywhere. 
who's just sitting there with dark glasses, black gloves, and then his arms folded over almost like Schwarzenegger from Terminator. So I turned and looked at him and I said, Sir, I have permission from the farmer to be in the field. Uh, there's really no issue here. He said, I'm going to repeat myself once. You need to shut your camera off. You need to get back to your vehicle. You need to leave. And I said, okay, no problem. So I start walking out of the field, heading back up the bank, and walking the same road this gentleman is still standing on. I walk past him. He doesn't even look at me. He doesn't move. He doesn't change his facial expression. Get in my vehicle, and it won't turn over. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Dude, I want to leave my car. will turn on. So after a few cranks, it finally comes on, and the first time it is ever done. So I'm backing up, and as I'm starting to drive away, I'm watching his movement in my rear mirror as I'm driving away further as slowly as possible so I can get a better look at what he's doing. He walks down that bank directly to the crops he's standing, which were, by the way, only a high, and just completely vanishes. So I slam my brake, put the car in park. I slowly step out and did better look to see if he did finish or maybe if he ducked down and was hiding the crop he tripped and fell. Uh, dude was nowhere. There was no helicopter. There were no airplanes. Uh, no above the beam above. No cars anywhere. He just completely vanished. As quickly as he appeared, he disappeared. I know. Now, would, didn't, didn't you want to stop and just try to do it again to see if he would come back out? Um, no. <laughs> you weren't going to take that because he said he was only going to tell you one more time. That went through my mind. I took it as a friendly warning from whomever it may be. You never know. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's almost enough to change a person's uh, life. True. I mean, that's a life experience, a life-changing experience. Mine would be... Uh... It would be teaching me not to be a farmer because I'm not going in the field anymore. <laughs> well, Neil, then let me ask you this. Since your camera died, your phone died, all, all devices to use to record, how did you feel? How did your body feel? Yeah, how did feel? the body feel? I felt completely exhausted. Uh, the feelings in my teeth were causing my jaw to ache because I had a lot of feelings on my teeth. And when I get, I oh, so much, oh. so I need a lot of candy. So I kind of rotted one out. Yeah, it's not that bad. But anyway, I do have some on my teeth and generated almost like an electric pulse or some sort of magnetic energy goes around me that actually on my jawline and my forehead to, to ache like a dull ache almost like an ice cream headache it was continuous now do you and, feel do you feel that you were close to you were too close to maybe something going on maybe alien related over on the other side of the tree line um they didn't want you, you know, there's just so much there that's wow, because you're picking up that strong magnetic charge. Um, it was draining your body. Uh, it killed all of your, you know, everything that you had. You wouldn't even be able to start your car. That What part of Ohio was that again? Peoples. Peoples, Ohio? Okay. Yeah, yeah make sure we uh, stay far away from old Peoples. Well, if you remember, or if you know, um, the GE facility is in Peoples, the general facility. They work on uh, reverse magnetic jet propulsion, and they create these gyrospheres. So they put the engines in to test them, and they're super loud, but you put them in these gyrospheres that spin and rotate, and they keep it quiet, or makes it more muffled roar. And that's on the other side of the hill of the crop formation. So I may have encountered something there where they were running a test. Well, if they were 
they were, you know, if it was somebody from that plant, don't you think that they would put signs up stating, um, you know, the magnetic charge in the air, uh, do not go down that way or something? Well, my father um, works for a local gas company, uh, which for any names, because I'm not sure who listens to the show uh, that may or may not know him or work with him. But we understand. He delivers to that facility, uh, delivers okay. propane, and he's told me about these gyros. He's told me about um, signs that are around the facility that talk about having to wear uh, lead jackets that they provide. But you have to wear these lead-based jackets exactly. and lead suit pants put on over your pants when pumping into these tanks, and you're not allowed within X amount of feet of these generators and some of these. Um, pieces of equipment to test with. Wow. But you know, well, they, that's probably the reason why they have it so far out there. Um, yeah. But you would think that, you know, safety, um, God, all, your government would come in and put signs, fences. Well, uh, even for that being remote, I, I got the, the uh, I got the luck of when I go to school, I had an associate's degree for um, um, Cincinnati State. We got to go tour GE up here in the Cincinnati area, and they took us to the facility where they test the jet engine before it goes out the door. And it is a giant room. It's on a free floating hold, whatever you want to call it. And when they run that bad boy up, um, as you pass by GE, you can see the smoke, but I really don't think you um, hear the engine, per se. So, you know, that room, it's, it's got to be pretty durable, um, obviously free-flowing, but what it can do, I mean, that's incredible. Especially Just, what? Exactly. Wow. And just for that being in that location out in Peebles. So, Deb, you stay away from there. I see road trip. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, thank you. Talking about knocking you down. <laughs> wow. Well, the, the, just the magnetic aspect of it. Well, and, Neil, thank God you don't have a metal plate in your head or, you know, um, you have a <laughs> ventilator. That would not have been good. It seems like any time I encounter high levels of magnetic uh, propulsion or magnetic frequency, it affects me that almost like I'm chewing a piece of tin foil. Uh, oh, do any man. have any of those lead feelings in your teeth? Like I, yeah, I do, I do. Now, have you ever accidentally bitten into a gum wrapper or something like that, and you're like, God, oh, my God! Yeah, absolutely. It sends uh, it sends like that shock all the way through, man. A lot of uh, a lot of abductees. A lot of them have fillings in their teeth, and allegedly they've been extracted, and they put in tractors and new fillings because they don't match the original, and a dentist may notice this, and that's when they got a new filling, and the abductee is like, well, no, I've not been filling in uh, the last, oh, I don't know, 25 years, and they're like, well, that's funny because this is gold or something like that. Wow. I can uh, I can uh, only imagine uh, you know what you went through just standing there and you were just taking pictures. Um, That's really disturbing. I mean, it, well, I immediately checked for missing time. I checked um, all of appendages for any kind of implants. Now, do you ever feel Neil like? Um, well, wait, wait, just to jump back. So, did you say that you had no loss of time? Um, I think that's what you were saying. Um, you felt like if you got there at 1 o'clock, he was told you to leave, it was quarter after. Did you feel like you had any loss of time there? Not whatsoever. Okay. All right. Okay, go ahead there, Lee. No, I was just going to ask, you know, 
having that done and some of the experiences that you've been through, do you ever feel like, um, you know, like Stan Romanek does, do you ever feel like you're being watched, um, like crazy things, you know, happen to you? Well, years ago, I used to run um, my own conspiracy website called The Realm of Conspiracy. Since then, I've taken it down because I have received many death threats. I have received very strange encrypted emails from people claiming to be from the future uh, trying to contact me. Uh, I, I think I may have been the Heaven's Gate called to kill themselves during the Halal uh, Comet, but uh, I got I would receive emails and phone calls, and any time I would get a call from anyone, I would answer or I would call out, and there would be strange tapping on the phone. Evidently, someone wired my phones, and after a while, I stopped doing the conspiracy gambit, and I focused more on um, just researching the paranormal alone and, and stopped um, with a conspiracy-based website. So after I took that down, that stuff slowly trickled down and stuff for me. Yeah, because I always feel like, you know, people that follow uh, MUFON, UFO, Alien, you know, you know, my opinion is, wow, you know, Death Wish, close, you know, like you're you're digging into the government that you shouldn't be digging into, you know, because the government wants us to know only what they want us to know. Um because I feel like, you know, sometime we were supposed to know about the aliens. But at the time they wanted to tell us, I think we were too smart for them because we're so educated. We know more than what they know. And um, I think it's hard for them to explain to the population that, yes, there is aliens. They do exist in everyday communication with the human beings. Yes. It would throw everything we know to be true and sound a complete upheaval. It would. It would be a it total would, disaster. It would. Um, it would destroy the education system. It would uh, compromise the churches. Because why didn't God bother to elaborate a little bit more on what else He created <laughs> and leave it out of the word? And it would cause so many people to no longer trust the clergy, no longer trust the church. And then, of course, what would be left to not trust at all the government? True. And they realized that it would be a complete collapse and possibly a whole new level of civil war. Now, do you think it would cause mass panic back like it did when, uh, well, who was that, H.G. Wells? Yeah, uh, War of the Worlds. Did the world, yeah, World of the Worlds. When he did that, do you think it would cause uh, mass panic? I guarantee Still that. to this day? Yeah. I mean, look at all the conspiracy buffs coming out with Sandy Hook shooting. Uh, they're creating all these crazy scenarios and, and trying to fill the gaps where the media screwed up and released the wrong information or they didn't elaborate enough on the shooter or who the shooter was or whether or not there were more than one shooters or whether or not the shooter's mother worked for the school and in fact she didn't work for the school. So now you've got all these, I, as I call, truth-sayers that are out there creating these crazy scenarios and these poor people who lost the children, who lost their loved ones, are constantly pointing and harassed by these nut jobs. And that's just the icing on the cake. That's just the tip of the iceberg. If something more severe than the city shooting were to come out as absolute fact, everything we were told was an absolute lie, it, it would be pandemonium. Yeah. Got it. I know uh, I'm a big fan of it, and you might be too, uh, the show V. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Awesome show. You know, I grew up on that show, um, and I, I really think it, it you know, it, no, it doesn't show everybody freaking out and running around, but it does show how humans are working along with the aliens, trying to help them out uh, with some things. They're traitors, you know, because the aliens are portrayed as bad on V, most of them. There was a few good ones, like old uh, Freddy Cougar. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he was a good guy on there. And he even showed up in the new version of V that was out a couple of years ago. Yeah, there was a new version, and I wanted to see it. It didn't last long, did it? No, it didn't, but it was really good. Wow. I was very happy with it. Now, did, uh, were, I, you know, the old one, of course, they'd peel their faces, and, of course, you'd see the, the lizard uh, scales underneath. Is that the same with the new one? Because I haven't seen yes, it at it, all. Same with the new, but it was all CGI in this one. Of course, they made them more reptile like they gave them these crazy mouths that would open up really big and they had like a, a thousand things that would come out. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was too expensive for them to make famous a show, so they just made it a mini series and called it a day. They had a <laughs> you know, here here is something and I'm not gonna probably word it right, but we all have great imaginations, you know, for these shows, comic books. I think I think you know my opinion my theory is I think that's put in our head for a reason for the simple fact that someday what you watch on sci-fi will come true like you know the government's trying to twist it to okay they're we're we're, we're letting their imaginations go um we're putting these shows on TV soon we can share you know be, bits and pieces of what's going on in this world that we're so busy, you know, doing other things um, by, you know, watching the news, um, the school shoot, the school shootings and um, whatever's going on in, around us that we don't pay attention to that. Yeah. I mean, that I just came to me for some reason, and that's I wanted a, to share that. What was that, Deb? That's an excellent point. I mean, that's an excellent point. It is, because it's like, you know, we're getting so detailed into – you know, just like Patrick said, you pull the skin off, you see the scales. I mean, all of this stuff is coming true on TV. They're making it happen. They're making it look realistic. Um, and it's you could just, easily call that conversion by diversion. True. Yeah. And, and it, it's creepy. Now, Neil, do you study much about the objects that are being found in uh, humans from aliens? Oh, absolutely. Um, or I'll shared a lot of information that he had that he was afraid to post uh, through the years. And since George Norway has taken over the show, I sort of taken a, a break from, it, uh, from all of the fear that he and his family and the harassment that they faced, and plus his health condition, uh, he's not really taking part in coast, coast that much anymore, but I was fortunate enough to I cross paths with him, and he shared a lot of interesting documentation and Former military officials and former government officials who, at this age, really have nothing to lose, nothing to fear, and uh, no family life, of course, and uh, decided to share a lot of that with me. Right. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm sitting here thinking more about what I just mentioned and listen to what you're saying. Um, you know, everything around us, you know, if you stop and you think about it, it creeps you out. Um, we are, you know, we're using. Uh, airwaves now for cell phones um, internet 
um, all of this stuff, these what they want to call the technology, it's been here. We've had it. It's just they're releasing it to us. Um, gradually. Uh, gradually. You know, and I'm creeping myself out, and I need to stop. Because tonight <laughs> I'm really going to have the dream about the alien. <laughs> this time will really show up. Uh, True. Well, I won't be sleeping over at the, uh, the the Allen's house tonight, I'll tell you that one. <laughs> I will be home at my house by myself being creeped out, <laughs> looking up into the sky like, please don't take me. Just put, just put your gerbil hat on. It'll make you feel better. You know what? I knew there was more purposes for that gerbil hat you bought me, Dad. Absolutely. But, you know, I just wanted to uh, open people's minds up with some of the things that I was saying that is going along with what Neil is talking about. You know, you think about it. You know, it's it's there. You know, how many people do we say hello to during the day? You know, because I always try to remember this. If I say hello to one person or how's your day, I just changed that guy or that lady's life for the entire day. It made it a better day. Um but how many people, you know, here I go thinking crazy, would we walk up to and say, excuse me, or we bump into, or we say, hi, how are you? Or we hold the door for at a restaurant or a store. How do we not know that's not an alien? alien? Yeah. You know? We don't. Don't. Well, um, Hebrews 13.8 tells us that um, almost daily we'll entertain angels. So the term angels should really be loosely... Um, Based on whether it could be angel as an angel messenger or angel as an alien. That's oh. true. That is so true. You know, I saw a video once. It creeped me out. This guy was reporting that the men in black had been following him around, and no one believed him. He worked at a hotel, and um, he worked fi- where? He worked at a hotel. Okay. Are you there? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm just making sure we're not getting tapped right now by the government. You know, maybe I should keep my <laughs> mouth shut. Hey, because as soon as I leave this parking lot here, I for everybody out the last there, time you see me. We love every one of you. <laughs> <laughs> we love you all. Peace, love, and happiness. Uh, you know, he worked at a hotel. Go yeah, ahead. he worked at a hotel, and uh, you know. Uh, one day he comes in there, and he, he had reported already that, you know, uh, these men were, were following him around, and he described him just like the, the men in black. Uh, he'd never really seen him up them up close, but he knew wherever he went, the men in black were close by. Well, this, uh, these employees were in a hotel, and they described these two men that walked in, uh, both walking together at the same time is very weird. Their footsteps, their movements, uh, everything was in sync. They get up to the counter, and instead of asking about, you know, can we get a room, they ask, um, you know, where this guy is. And the lady said, you know, it really creeped her out because when she started making the detail out of these guys' faces, uh, it was very, they were very, very pale. Uh, their sockets were deep, round. Um, it was just very disturbing to her. Uh, and she said they, you know, she described them, described them as not human-like. And they turned around, they walked out of the hotel, 
and their movements were exactly the same. I mean, same like I said before, same footsteps. Uh, the hands, everything they did was in sync. And they walked out. The lady never saw them again. It creeped her out. Uh, she contacted this, this man I'm talking about right now uh, and t- told him the whole story. So he went back. He had them replay uh, all of the uh, video uh, cameras, the DVR system that was hooked up in there. And when they played it back, of course, it showed these guys coming in. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps t- talking about it right now. But uh, <laughs> it showed them coming in and doing exactly what I just talked about. And uh, it creeps me out to this day. Well, you know, it's Travis's, I forget the last name, but the guy that we met at Phenomenology, who really adopted his abduction. If you read his book, that's how he describes his flashbacks of seeing these aliens. Like, like they're human-like, but there's something off, and they're very pale, and everything's in sync. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, you remember the one, Deb, where uh, he was sitting in a, uh, like a conference, and he looked over to his left, and he saw the lady, snapped a picture of her, and you could see her three fingers on her right hand and her eye was tilted way back. Yeah. That. Now, I tell you what, guys. If you ever get a chance to go hear Stan Romanek's presentation, if he's still alive, you need to, you <laughs> need to listen. You, yeah, you need to listen to his presentation. He had the entire event in this room. And I tell you what, it creeped everybody out in there with some of the technology and some of the things that he was sharing with, uh, with the mind, the power of the mind, uh, doing the test that he had up on the, um, projector. Uh, this guy, oh man, just some of the stuff that he's been through, you know, a lot of people would say, well, you know, he's got a great imagination. Well, somebody put it in his head. Um, but it's it is phenomenal some of the stuff. I mean, him going to the grocery store, uh, putting stuff in his SUV, getting abducted, getting dropped back off. Um, just oh man, I mean, just the guy deals with it every day. That's just amazing. Right. Just amazing. If you ever meet him, if you if you ever have a chance to meet him or see him in person, Neil, um, he's. He's a, so serious. He's a very serious man. And I, when I first met him, I felt so sad every time I looked at him because he's, it's like his whole life has changed because of this experience. And it, it's life-changing and not really in a positive way. It's like all the joy in life has been sucked out of this man. He's, he's really, a, I guess I would describe it as like a marked man. What would he do yes. to... Uh peak their interest. It was probably just going public. Public with a story and trying to tell. Well, oh, it was before yeah. that? Okay. He, he um, it, you know, his childhood, he described in his childhood basically that uh, there was this lady, it would always come to him when he was a child, he would see, and she'd always talk to him, and his his parents weren't there. They were never around. Like one day he was at a park close by his house, playing at the park. The lady showed up. Uh, he started talking to her, and uh, later on, this le- same lady keeps coming into play. At the same time, this lady keeps on coming into play, the aliens and everything else that's going on 
starts happening more often. Now he starts to relate that this lady is not exactly human, that she is part alien. And Well, just um, he said uh, when we saw him last year that um, where he lives in Colorado, uh, he woke up one morning and he had circle crops in his backyard. Um, he showed pictures of yes. the circle crops. And this reminded him of when he was young growing up. Um, because all this stuff came to him when he was probably about eight, nine years old. And, yeah. I mean, he said he can't go a day without uh, being on the phone, talking to just a normal uh, family relative, and hearing the, uh, you can hear like somebody is chimed in. You can hear beeps. You can hear movement. Um, <laughs> it's it just, Well, and he he was on the radio show, and I was like, okay. We all creeped yeah. out. We were a little nervous, you know, like, okay, this guy. He, we're bugged. Yeah. But, if uh, it's not Neil Parks on our show, then Stan Romanek. it's Stan Romanek, and we're getting bugged and watched, and Lord knows what. But you know what? That's fine, because we're, we're not going to live forever. So. No. True. That's true. Absolutely. And the only thing that concerns me about that possibility is what they would have potentially do to my children, which sure. you really don't want to cross that line. Would you be alien, demon, government, or MIB? That is true. That is true. That is true. That's why I don't do exorcisms anymore. That's why I don't do household things. That's why I don't do investigation where demonic entity is involved, because I do not want to catch itself to me. And then I bring it home and present it to my children's toys. Absolutely. Absolutely. So well, Lee, the thing that I was going to ask you or kind of just revert back to. Sure. We were supposed to meet up with Stan Romanek out in Colorado when we were there with the Stanley Hotel. Yeah. Uh, the Paracon that we had going on. And for whatever reason, he either didn't get our message or he had contacted us like we were on our way back we to the airport. We were on our way to the airport. Wasn't there something that had happened yeah. Either during that time that, that we were supposed to be there. Yep. Yeah. Well, he told, do you remember what he told you on the phone? Patty? There was something happened or something went Something down. happened to him at his house. I wish I was. The way I remember it, I feel like um, they got called away for some kind of an emergency. And when he came back, he immediately um, texted me and said, hey, why don't you guys come out for dinner? And I said, we can't. We're on our way to the airport. We don't have time. Mm -hmm. um, but it was some sort of emergency that called him out of his home. And let me tell you, people, we probably would be here today, but we probably wouldn't be the same. Probably. <laughs> there has to be a reason why he was called out in that minimal time frame. Absolutely. We would be the uh, paranoid people today, probably being watched. Oh, you know Stan. You know Neil Parks. Oh, what was the uh, comedy show, um, Harry and the Hendersons, the or uh, or not the Harry and the Hendersons, the uh, Alien uh, that's Alf. 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 Uh, yeah, you never know, man. We would have showed up at his house, and who knows what would have been there? Uh, Coneheads. Who knows? <laughs> His wife would have answered the door and said, may I take your jacket? And you're like, <laughs> I mean, we, we don't know. Yeah, you don't. You really and don't. And guess what? We've been so far out there because he, he told us he lives way off the road. Yeah. Dude, yep. we've been dead. In the mountains, probably. Yeah, in the right mountains. up in the mountains. Yeah. The Rockies. Yeah. Yep. 
been, well, been in trouble. Well, Neil, we appreciate you calling in. And Neil, not to interrupt my good buddy over here, Crazy Legs. Yeah. But I do say you owe me and Jim big what? time. What? what? Because last time we had you on our show, uh, you made a promise that you were going to come and see us what? when we had the uh, convention at the uh, Emmett House in Wa- Wa- Waverly. Yeah. And he didn't show up. He stood us up. I feel bad about that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I accept your apology. That's all right. We made posters there of your face and threw darts what? at him. <laughs> oh, haunted holidays, huh? I got your haunted holiday. <laughs> I'm just joking with you, man. I was going to say, where was I? <laughs> oh, I was watching the table. That's right. Oh, I would watch the table. What are I you know. talking about? I watched the table too. You didn't want to leave. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah. That week was the hardest terrible event I've ever you? attended. It was horribly oh. hot. You are not kidding, Deb. That was crazy. No AC. No AC, and those fans yeah, we weren't were, doing anything. Yeah. Me and Jim went and bought a fan. Yes, Walmart special. And thank God uh, Jersey P and myself was uh, somewhere in Mexico drinking a little nice drink. God, they, they go on their honeymoon. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah me and Jim are hot. We're burning up, but it's in an old haunted house. Yes. These guys are on a beach kicking back. With them. We tried. We tried to get yeah. in the suitcase. We tried. We were busted. I was a good question. Well, Neil, we really appreciate you uh, calling in to looking into the unknown. Uh, we consider you like family, buddy. Uh, I've known you for a long time. And uh, plug in um, your uh, sites where we can uh, people can uh, check you out. Um, the, the next, next convention you're going to be at. What's awesome is you can go on Google or Yahoo. Just type the word Neil Parks and Neil Parks. And there's like pages of information on me. All good. Nothing legal. I've not been brewing, like down for the flats or anything. But I will be at the Creep Fest in October. I'll more than likely be at the Mall Festival in September. Okay. I'm well, wrapping up uh, a call and uh, contacting with people that I uh, made contact with while traveling through England the entire month of August. Uh, we went through Barnard, we went through Montpelier, Vermont, Pennsylvania. Gettysburg, Salem, and um, uh, Lake, gosh, what is it? Lake Winnipesaukee in New Hampshire. Cool. So uh, we went all over the part of New England, basically just a self promoted book tour, uh, getting all of the local bookstores aware of who I was, what I was doing, what I was writing about, what I planned to do with the strip. And every single one of them took the bait and they carried my books now. Wow. Yeah, this man, guys, uh, you need to check him out. Uh, go to Facebook, Neil Parks. Um, if you're having troubles uh, finding him, come to one of us and you Google his name. I mean, um, Chillicothe, Ohio. Um, awesome guy. We look up to you. Uh, we love you, buddy. And we really appreciate you calling in to looking into the unknown. Thank you very much, Neil. I love you guys, too. Thank you. Thank See you, Neil. You. You're welcome. Bye. See you, Neil. All right, guys. That was uh, Neil Parks, uh, a great friend, a great guy, a great author. He's got a lot. Of books. Uh, he's got a lot going got on. To check him out. You know, um, Deb, are you still here? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Um, he's got a lot going on. Um, I'm going to hand over the um, 
the air let deb plug in some stuff um she you know i want her this is her first uh show with us and um so yeah guys if you don't know who deb lance is pity on you and have you been living under a rock like patrick on spongebob not you buddy <laughs> hey patrick it's spongebob Okay, everybody. <laughs> so, Deb, take it away. Oh, my God. Let me um, calm down here. That's a pretty good SpongeBob. Really good SpongeBob. Hey, Deb. How are you? <laughs> I'm so glad you're on Paravision's show. <laughs> you're going to make this you're gonna make her choke. <laughs> She's not gonna make her choke. I am choking. <laughs> um, oh, good lord! Well, my website is your spirit dot It's under construction right now. My son Nick is uh, updating and modernizing my very antiquated old website for me. Bless his heart. And uh, you can watch me on Facebook. It's your Spirit Beacon on Facebook as well. And there's also my son's paranormal group, RedemptionParanormal.com. And that's what I need to plug. I love, uh, I'm with Phoenix Rising as well. So we have that in common and a couple other agents. But um, that's all I'm really plugging right now, guys. Well, and also you're linked into Paravisions.com. That's very true. That's um, very so true. And if, if you, be on my website as well. So you go to our front page. Right over there is an awesome picture. Deb, click on it. It'll take you right to her website. Which is under construction right now, but it's still going to link. Debbie's not going to change the address or anything. I mean, you got a lot of stuff to yeah, change the address. address. Yeah, I guess it's the same, so okay. don't worry about it, magic hand. All right. Don't do anything. <laughs> Fine, I was sweating for a second. The reason it takes so long is it takes so I have the domain name changed because I I own it and for whatever reason it's taking a while. So cool, cool. So we're very excited to have Deb as part of the show now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the Credio rocks. There's a lot of great, great hosts out there and great shows. Scotty roars what he's doing when he puts these people together. Um, and I am um, honored to be part of this. And, you know, and if you ever mean Scotty, I mean, you can call. If he can't answer, he'll call you right back. I mean, that's phenomenal. And um, we are so honored to be part of his family. Um, a lot of good things coming up on our show. Uh, Deb's going to be part of this. We're going to be rocking and rolling. Um, it's, it's just, I'm ready for 2013. Bring it. Whatever it's got to bring to me, bring it. You and me both, buddy. I can't wait. Yeah, and, and I t- go ahead, Deb. I was going to say, 2012 was a rocky year. I mean, mm-hmm. actually, the past decade has been rocky as a planet, you know? Yeah. But 2012 kind of was a pinnacle of it, and I honestly feel that 2013 is going to be the downslide. Like, we're, we're going down with this now. Absolutely. Um, and everything gonna be fine and things are gonna be looking out for everyone so mm-hmm. 2013 is the year yep and i'm on the boat with you i know that there's a lot of good things coming um deb was part of paravisions and she's part of paravisions but you know she's taking the time it caused a lot of drainage you know she had uh, two kids uh she's getting one into college right. um 
but she's still part of the family here on the show now, and it's an honor to have her. She's gonna. She's also our guest medium when we need her. She can make it. Um, like I told her the other day on the phone that um, the event I would like for us to team up on these events. Um, so that's really Absolutely. cool. Uh, we got a lot of really cool events coming up. Uh, the first one we're all going to be at is Phenomenology 105. Deb's going to be at Dead Winter, which we are not. Um, but Dead Winter comes up the 1st of March, March 9th, and th- and uh, Phenomenology's the 20th through the 24th. This year, Jim Wilson, Magic Hands, will be there at this one, and it's an honor for him to be there. He's going to enjoy it there. His camera is not going to stop. He's going to have extra batteries, a laptop so he can dump pictures. In the oh, that's <laughs> a gimme. That's a gimme. <laughs> So, yeah, we're very excited for there. It's going to be a great. Um, also, real quick, I didn't uh, shout out, but the Heinz here in the studio with Paravisions. Heinz in the house. Um, Deb, Eric Heinz, and Sarah Heinz, um, our IT department, really. Um, so I want to shout out to them. Um, so keep on. Next week we have, I like to throw out, who do we have next week? It's still waiting on a confirmation, but we have Steve Santini coming on, which is on the sci-fi show. He collects creepy things. Like medieval torture devices yes. and swords and all that good stuff. Yeah, it'll be really cool to talk to him. Uh, Patty and I watched a couple of those shows, and we really got interested into it. And, uh, yeah, that'll be awesome. We have uh, David Lyons with Lyons Entertainment up uh, at the end of the month. And um, I think he's affiliated with uh, London Knight, correct? He most certainly is. Uh, he's held, He is the actual uh, production company doing all doing show this year. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's an honor to, uh, you know, talk to him about what's going on in this world. And it seems like everybody's got a lot of really cool stuff going on. So, um, anything else you guys want to share? I want to play a song as we end our way out, um, Pat, I'm going to pass it over to him. No, nothing? Okay. You're um, good to go because my chat room jacked up. Okay. Um, so, Deb, any talking. final words for the week? Uh, just, I'm just very, very happy to be um, co-hosting with my old team, Paravisions. And 2013 is going to be a fantastic year, and I'm really excited and it's an absolute blessing for me to be on with Paravisions because I was really disappointed that uh, we could not continue our radio show, which is on Monday night. I still wanted to be a part of Z-Talk, and Lee Allen graciously accepted my suggestion that I co-host with yep. them, and I feel very, very grateful. Well, Deb, I'm sure Jersey P is very, you know, grateful as well. You know, she she now has a, another female show to back her up in times of need. <laughs> yep. You know, she she does do a good job putting us in check, especially myself. So, uh, <laughs> see, I'm that's, talking really good about you, Jersey P. That is a full time job. Yeah. <laughs> we get <laughs> full time job. Well, Deb, thank you so much for coming on. We're going to let her get us on out of here. Have a good week, and we will talk to you next week. Hey, can All I right. th- can I talk for Scooter? Okay, that's fine. It's SpongeBob <laughs> again. Well, as Paravisions always says, always keep looking into the unknown. Peace.
Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Well, that's all for tonight. Thank you for your undivided attention, and I'll see you soon. Keep watching the skies.